hello, hello, folks, friends, monsketeers of all ages, hello, and welcome back to Radnorock. My name's Justin, and this is a retrospective episode. A retrospective episode that, in retrospect, <laughs> I could have probably done with the watch along. But you know what? I was under the impression that there was so much more to know. Oh, wait. How do I, how do, I do this? There was so much more we didn't know we wanted to know about Mickey's Christmas Carol. I really thought there'd be a lot more to it, but I was wrong. I also thought that the uh, featurette, I believe, I call them shorts, oftentimes when they uh, are actually featurettes. So I just wanted to clear that up. Um, Yeah. I thought the feature would be longer. I thought Mickey's Christmas Carol would be longer. And I thought there would be more information on it. But in retrospect, the watch along and retrospective could have been one episode. So, you know, I, um, I apologize. I apologize for not doing a little more homework. And, uh, you know, taking up, taking up valuable time for you to uh, search for another episode at leolegacy.com. <laughs> Speaking of leolegacy.com, it's one of the most user-friendly websites around, if I do say so myself. I'm pretty proud of it. So go scope it out. Go scope it out and uh, watch Mickey's Christmas Carol, and then come on over. Come on over back here to this episode, and we're going to go into everything we didn't know we wanted to know about Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, hot take, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. It's not my favorite version, though. My favorite version of A Christmas Carol is A Muppet Christmas Carol, and there will be a time where we watch that one and do a retrospective on that, which will have to be two episodes because that's a full feature-length movie. This, Mickey's Christmas Carol... Clearly, clearly a featurette. So, um, let's see. Should we just dive on into it? All right, let's see. Its initial release, Mickey's Christmas Carol, was October 20th, 1983. Directed by Bernie Matheson. Adapted from A Christmas Carol. Distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. That seems really unnecessarily long. Uh, all right. Edited by James Nelson and Amaretta Jackson. I don't know. I just, I was seeing their names and I was like, do we really, do we, do we, do, is that information that the listener, you, finds interesting? Who edited edited uh, this animated featurette. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but I couldn't, in good conscience, look at their names and not say them. So, shout out. Shout out to you. Um, yeah, anyhow. Uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol is a 1983 American animated family Comedy drama featurette. There it is. 
directed and produced by Bernie Matheson. The cartoon is an adaptation of Charles Dickens' 1843 novella, A Christmas Carol, and stars Scrooge McDuck as Ebenezer... (laughs) I said Ebenezer perfectly fine, but my brain had already decided that I did not say it correctly before my mouth was done speaking the word. So that's how my awesome brain works sometimes. (laughs) But Scrooge McDuck as Ebenezer Ebenezer Scrooge. See, that time my sinus has gotten in the way. Um, Could there be a more perfect casting? I mean, that's, that's Scrooge McDuck's namesake, right? Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, Many other Disney characters, primarily from the Mickey Mouse universe, I think that's the first time I've ever read that, Um, as well as Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio, 1940, and characters from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 1949, and Robin Hood from 1973 were cast throughout the film. Now, um... There's one film, one character from a film that they did not give credit to, and that's Willie the Giant. Willie the Giant plays the Ghost of Christmas Present, and so it's a shame they didn't put that in there. Because arguably, arguably, uh, Rat and Mole from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad play a much smaller role. Maybe. Do you think they have similar screen time? I would I would argue that cuz Rat and Mole play uh the charity collectors that we see at the beginning. And then at the end when Scrooge decides to donate. Um so though they are important, I guess, to the story and the character building of Scrooge. The Ghost of Christmas Present, I, I, I'm i going to argue, plays a much more important role. So Willie the Giant in Fun and Fancy Free deserved a shout-out here. All of which you can find watch-alongs and retrospective podcasts for. <laughs> um, yeah, well, to date... To date, I haven't done Robin Hood yet, but the other ones are up there. I think I have to cough. Do I have to cough? <coughs> I did have to cough. Anyhow. Um, okay, goodbye, Mr. Toad. Cast out the film. Okay. The featurette was produced by Walt Disney Productions and released by Buena Vista Distribution on December 16th, 1983. Now, that's not what we read earlier, so I'm wondering what that means. Um, within the reissue of The Rescuers of 1977. Okay. So let's read that again. Produced by Walt Disney, released by Buena Vista on December 16th, 1983, with the reissue of The Rescuers. So by reissue, is that film? Like theaters? Or is that home video? I'm not sure. Oh, here we go, here we go. Uh, Oh, wait, no, no, this is still not what we read earlier. In the United States, it was first aired on television on NBC on 
December 10th, 1984. What did we read earlier? Because I feel like what we read earlier said October. That, yeah, initial release, October 20th, 1983. So that's not the U.S. release. Is usually what that means. But still 1983, nonetheless. Um, Mickey's Christmas Carol was largely adapted from the 1974 Disneyland Records audio musical, an adaptation of Dickens' Christmas Carol. The musical featured similar dialogue and a similar cast of characters. So this was an audio release initially. The film was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film, in 1984, but lost to Jimmy Picker's Sunday in New York. It was the first nomination for a Mickey Mouse short since Mickey and the Seal of 1948. Huh. Huh. All right. Well, we're not going to go through the plot because we know the plot. Okay. We just watched, we did the watch along together. So we know, we know the plot. Uh, main cast here, Alan Young, Scrooge McDuck, that's Ebenezer Scrooge, Wayne Allwine is Mickey Mouse, as Bob Cratchit, Hal Smith, and Hans Scroll, so two voices for Goofy as Jacob Marley's ghost, Eddie Carroll, Jiminy Cricket, Ghost of Christmas Path, Past. Will Ryan is Willie the Giant, Ghost of Christmas Present, and Pete, Ghost of Christmas Future. Clarence Nash is, of course, Donald Duck as Fred, Scrooge's nephew. Patricia Paris is Daisy Duck, Isabel, uh, Belle in the novel. Nah, this is non. Characters have... No spoken dialogue. Okay. J. Thaddeus Toad is Fezziwig. Oh, okay. Minnie Mouse is Emily Cratchit. Millie and Melody Mouse are Martha Cratchit. So there's there's two. Oh, because I guess there's only a daughter and one daughter in the book, maybe in the novel. Because there's, there's, these are two characters playing one character. Yeah, and then Morty and Freddy, Field Mouse, Peter Cratchit, and Tiny Tim. Oh, okay, well, that's two different. So I guess <laughs> the way that it's listed here, Morty and Freddy Field Mouse play Peter Cratchit and Tiny Tim. So we don't know if Morty or Freddy played. We don't know who played who from how I read that. Um, and they were voiced by Dick Billingsley. Hal Smith played Ratty. Rat, as I called him earlier. Uh, and then Will Ryan. Again, Will Ryan. Look at that. Willie the Giant, Pete. And then Will Ryan again played Molly. Uh, Mole from... The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I just call them Rat and Mole. I didn't realize they were Ratty and Molly. 
Uh, and then again, Wayne Allwine is Otto, the beggar. And then Wayne Allwine again and Will Ryan again voice the weasels, the gravediggers. Huh. Um, let's see. We have... It says extras. Like we gave... They, ec, the extras got casting credits. So, <laughs> so for the extras here, we have the Big Bad Wolf is uh, collecting charity dressed as Santa, which I'm curious about. Because is that version of like the Salvation Army Santa with a bell? You know, the ones that like would stand outside stores. I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do it. Be a guy dressed as Santa ringing a bell and it was like for the Salvation Army. You just throw some change in their bucket or something. I don't know if that was a thing in the 1800s, but in the Mickey's Christmas Carol, it sure is. Uh, the Three Little Pigs are caroling. So that's the opening street scene right there. And then at party at Fezziwig's, uh, we got Lady Cluck. She's in there. The Rabbit Children from Robin Hood. They're clapping somewhere. <laughs> oh, at the party, at the party. Uh, Uncle Waldo, Grandma Duck. Horace Horsecaller is in there dancing with Clarabelle Cow. Now, those are two characters, if you'd like to know more about. I, I got We got retrospective podcasts on both those characters. So at LeoLegacy.com, go, go dig up the retrospectives where we go into everything we didn't know we wanted to know about Horace Horsecaller and Clarabelle Cow. Uh, Gus Goose is in there dancing with Clara Cluck. Now, Clara Cluck spells her last name C-L-U-C-K. And then Lady Cluck, who I believe is from Robin Hood, spells her last name K-L-U-C-K. So they're both Clucks, but they're not related. Uh, <laughs> Angus McBadger, another character from uh, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. He's in. The, he's at the party. Chip and Dale are at the party. Cocky Locky. Who? Chicken Little. <laughs> All right. So Cocky Locky is from Chicken Little. Uh, Cocky Locky is there. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are decorated a Christmas tree at the party. And then Percy and Patricia Pig are in there dancing. Now, some of these characters, I think, deserve retrospectives, like Percy and Patricia Pig. I want to know more about them. I am going to do a retrospective for Huey, Dewey, and Louie. That's for sure going to happen. All right, so the closing scene on the street, again, uh, we got Skippy Bunny and Toby Turtle. Now, those are two characters from Robin Hood. They're playing in the street. We have Mother Rabbit and Grandma Owl, also from Robin Hood. They're playing in the street. Practical Pig from, oh, wait, no. Huh. I don't know who Patricia Pig is. Um, Practical Pig of the three little pigs. He's in there uh, chasing two of the three little wolves. And then Cyril Proudbottom from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad is in there pulling Donald's cart. Now, Cyril Proudbottom is uh, Thaddeus Toad's horse friend. 
who cross-dresses with him or cross-dresses to get him out of jail, right? He dresses as a lady, sneaks in a an outfit for, for Toad, gets him out. It's a whole big thing. It's worth watching. Uh, let's see. Production. <coughs> Sorry. I've been, I've had a, I've had a little cough as of late because I have children and it is the season to get sick all the time. Uh, let's see. Production. This was the first original Mickey Mouse theatrical cartoon produced in over 30 years. With the exception of re-releases, Mickey had not appeared in movie theaters since the short film The Simple Things in 1953. The graveyard sequence was also the first time Disney tested the animation photo transfer process. Now, the animation photo transfer process is a photographic transfer system that can photographically transfer lines or solid blocks of color into uh, acetate sheets, cells. So, there you go. Um, Many additional characters seen in the film had also not appeared in a theatrical cartoon for several decades, such as Horace Horsecaller and Clarabelle Cow. The film was also one of the final times Clarence Nash voiced Donald Duck before his death in 1985. Rest in peace. Nash was the only original voice actor in the film as Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, and Pinto Colvig, Goofy, had died in the 60s. Alfred, Jiminy Cricket, and Billy Gilbert, Willie the Giant, in 1971, and Billy Bletcher, Pete and the Big Bad Wolf in 1979. So those are all the original voices for these characters who had previously passed before the release of this film. Uh, It was also marked the first time in animation that Scrooge McDuck was voiced by actor Alan Young, who had first voiced the character on the musical album. Young would continue to be the primary voice actor for McDuck, most notably in DuckTales until the actor's passing in 19 or 2016. 2016. Don't know why I said 19. It's 2016. Reception. On review aggregator websites like Rotten Tomato, the film holds a 100% approval rating with an average rating of 8 out of 10 based on 8 reviews. Only 8 reviews at the time of this? Dang. Film critic, film critic, ugh, film critic Leonard Malton said that Rather than be a pale attempt to imitate the past, the film is cleverly written, well-staged, and animated with real spirit and a sense of fun. Robin Allen stated that the film calls to mind the similarities between Walt Disney and Charles Dickens in the terms of both the work they produced and their work ethic. However, Gene Siskel and Robert Ebert of at the movies gave it two thumbs down dang you guys are sassy pantses um as they were both disappointed siskel felt there was not enough emphasis on mickey's character i agree in spite of the title yeah it was mostly i mean a christmas carol is scrooge's story so a mickey's christmas carol 
is really just Mickey Mouse and, and Tidal because Mickey Mouse does play our hero, essentially. Bob Cratchit could be argued as our hero. I mean, he doesn't necessarily do anything heroic except be a really kind-hearted character and loving character. Um, but, yeah, Bob Cratchit doesn't do a whole heck of a lot in A Christmas Carol. It, it's really Scrooge's story. So, Scrooge McDuck is a real real star here. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Mickey's character in spite of the title, and that it did not rank with most of Disney's full-length animated features. Well, yeah, I mean... You know, they really could have done A Christmas Carol as a full, you know, Disney animated feature like, you know, Pinocchio, Snow White, Cinderella, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, or The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, like all of those feature films. They really could have done uh, A Christmas Carol within that pantheon of films. Like they didn't have to make it a short featurette, but they did. And I don't necessarily understand why, but maybe we will. So we'll see. Um, Ebert stated that it lacked the magic of visual animation that the Disney people are famous for. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely more in vain than sports tune. Uh, and it was that, or no, and that it was a forced march through the Charles Dickens story without any ironic spin. Do we need an ironic spin? I guess the Muppets had an ironic spin by making Gonzo Charles Dickens and having him and Rizzo go through the whole story. Uh, yeah. I can, I can see that. So when I called Siskel and Ebert sassy pantses earlier, I take it back. They're reasonable pantses now. Uh, oh, Mickey's Christmas Carol was nominated for an Academy Award as Best animated short subject of 1983 but lost i think as we read earlier uh colin greenland reviewed mickey's christmas carol for image magazine and stated that it is surprising how entertaining this is perhaps because it is actually a scrooge mcduck movie of course yeah there we go see you know what you're talking about colin uh with the effect what? With the effect rodent very much in a... Whoa! Called Mickey Mouse an effect rodent? I don't know what that means. Effet? Effet? E-F-F-E-T-E? I don't know what that word is. Um, so Mickey Mouse very much in a minor role. It's Bob Cratchit. Yeah, Bob Cratchit's a minor role. And in A Muppet Christmas Carol, Bob Cratchit's Kermit the Frog. So you got your two big heavy hitters. Playing Bob Cratchit, like playing a, a side a side role, a supporting role. But who would really believe Mickey Mouse as Ebenezer Scrooge? Now, if you were able to pull off Mickey Mouse as Ebenezer Scrooge, then there you go. But would a full feature-length Christmas Disney Christmas Carol, well, I would imagine that the that there would be kind of like a Robin Hood approach. Maybe make all the characters much like a Mickey's Christmas Carol or Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's not a Mickey's Christmas Carol. Making the characters in Mickey's Christmas Carol still anthropomorphized animals, you know, but 
not iconic Disney characters that we've we already know and we've already met. But you know how Baloo and uh, Ka, the snake from Jungle Book, they both kind of reprise, not reprise their roles, but they're they're they're. Their their the vo- their voices are are identical for characters that are seemingly the same. Like Little John is a brown bear in Robin Hood, while Baloo is gray in a Jungle Book, but they're drawn identical. You know, w- with the exception of their color, and they're they're voiced by the same actor. They sound exactly the same. They they speak exactly the same. Their their inflections, their personalities, those are all identical. So I don't know. Maybe bring back the cast of Robin Hood and make them uh, do a, a Christmas Carol like that. You know, I could see Little John or King King, not King, not Little John, King uh, King John. Was that right? Prince John, is that his name? I don't know. You know, the 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 the, the bad guy, one of the bad guys from Robin Hood, the lion, make him Scrooge. But he's I don't know, I don't know. Anthropomorphized animals for sure, not Disney characters we know for sure. And you could make a full length Christmas Carol. Don't do them real humans though, like uh. Like everything else, like Snow White, Cinderella, or maybe make them humans. You know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Hard to say. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, whenever I cough, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like they're like good coughs, but it's just kind of like a clearing the throat kind of thing. Oh, I got tea. I forgot. Are we Goldilocks sound here? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is some. That is for sure. Some uh, Goldilocks zone tea, and I just I set my my cough my tea mug on top of my phone. That was ridiculous. Anyway, all right. So, boom releases. Here we go. Mickey's Christmas Carol premiered in the UK on October twentieth, nineteen eighty three, alongside a reissue of The Jungle Book of nineteen sixty seven. And was re-released in the U.S. on December 16th, 1983 with a Christmas 1983 reissue of The Rescuers of 1977. So I guess they re-released The Rescuers for the Christmas season and they threw in uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, you know, I guess to open the show maybe. Uh, it has been broadcast on various television television stations throughout the years. It started on NBC from 1984 to 1990 with 12 new additional sepia title cards illustrated by Michael Peraza Jr. Michael Peraza Jr. P-E-R-A-Z-A, Peraza, Peraza. Uh, to match the 12 he had done for the original film to help bridge the segments together. 
So I'm not sure what version we watched because at the beginning of the version we watched, did the watch along for, there were definitely some sepia still images in the beginning. So no. Um, oh wait, maybe it's let's say they say bridging segments together. So maybe it was added like within the movie or within the featurette itself. Uh, it went on to air on the Disney Channel uh, from 1987 to 1999, and then again from 2002 to 2006, and CBS from 1991 to 1998. Occasionally on ABC in 2000, before moving permanently to ABC Family from 2001 on. Uh, it was aired on Toon Disney in 2008 with... Or no, wait, in 2008, uh, the run on ABC Family includes Winnie the Pooh and Christmas 2 and was part of their 25 Days of Christmas, but with several abrupt edits, including the chocolate pot roast with yogurt line and Marley tripping on the stairs and falling down, letting out goofy, letting out a goofy holler. So I guess those were, were, taken out uh in canada it airs on cbc and has been aired every christmas season since 1985 it typically airs the sunday before christmas um for many years the short film would air on cbc as a one hour program so that means a lot of commercials that's like 30 minutes of commercials uh as mentioned below in a as mentioned below Oh, it's going to mention below. Uh, in addition, Mickey's Christmas Carol would be shown unmatted. Don't know what that means. What does unmatted mean? Open mat is a film technique that involves matting out the top and bottom of the film frame in the movie projector for the widescreen theatrical release, then scanning the film without a mat for a full-screen home video release. Oh. Okay, techie talk. Um, in recent years, however, Mickey's Christmas Carol is only aired in a half-hour time slot and in high-definition matte widescreen, presumably to be more suited for modern television screens. Uh, the aforementioned broadcast in the 1980s and early 1990s spanned a full hour, with the first half consisting of the following older cartoon shorts, Donald's Snow Fight, Pluto's Christmas, and The Art of Skiing. So, not a lot of commercials, but three other cartoons in there as well, which that's pretty cool. Uh, each of the four items in the program was preceded by a narrative wraparound segment in which one of the Disney cartoon characters, Donald Pluto, uh, with Mickey translating, Goofy and Mickey respectively, would talk about his favorite Christmas, thus leading into the cartoon in question. Okay, so they were who who all the, who was this? Donald, Pluto, Goofy, and Mickey were sharing their favorite Christmases, and those would lead into the respective cartoons. So Donald Snow Fight, I guess Donald led into Pluto's Christmas, obviously Pluto. 
the art of skiing was goofy. And then Mickey's favorite Christmas was he's like, you know, remember back when <laughs> remember back in the day when I worked for Scrooge <laughs> in in the eighteen hundreds. Um, that's funny. Uh, from nineteen eighty eight onwards, screens feature at wait, hold on. From nineteen eighty eight onwards, scenes scenes featurette on the Nightmare Before Christmas. What? Oh, see, look at that. Look at that. That's my dyslexia completely skipping a line. Here we go. This is what it's supposed to say. From eight nineteen take three thousand. From nineteen eighty eight onwards, the art of skiing was excluded from the annual broadcast, replaced at the end of the hour by one segment or another. The nineteen ninety three telecast, for example, featured a behind the scenes featurette on the Nightmare Before Christmas. Later broadcasts simply reduced the time slot to half an hour, showing Mickey's Christmas Carol by itself. A clip of this film in Swedish was shown on Donald Duck's 50th birthday to illustrate Donald's uh, international appeal. This short film was featured in Disney's Magical Mirror starring Mickey Mouse, uh, the shot of Mickey holding Epic Mickey. What an interesting piece to throw into the opening scene of Epic Mickey. Hmm. Home media. The short was released several times on VHS and Laserdisc throughout the 1980s and 1990s. It was released in the mini classics line on September 28th, 1989, September 25th, 1990, and October 1st, 1993. It was reissued in the favorite stories line on October 2nd, 1996. Some releases featured the making of Mickey's Christmas Carol as a bonus. Wow. The short is also featured without its opening credits in the direct-to-home release Mickey's Magical Christmas, Snowed In at the House of Mouse. It's also available on the ninth volume of the Walt Disney Classic Cartoon Favorites DVD collection, as well as in the Walt Disney Treasures... Uh, whoop, lost it. No, there it is. Treasures set Mickey Mouse in Living Color Volume 2. I have that. However, in the late... Or however... The latter is the only DVD to be released in its theatrical 1.661 widescreen aspect ratio. However, it is simply cropping the 1.331 version. More techie talk. Now, I totally forgot that I had this featurette as part of that DVD set. In that DVD set as well is uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk from Fun and Fancy Free. Where is that? I think I found that the other day. Uh, yeah. On November 5th, 2013, the 30th anniversary edition of this short was released on DVD and for the first time on Blu-ray. However, it was further cropped 
to 1.781 widescreen and featured a heavy use of noise reduction. Various other shorts were included in the DVD, period. Well, there we go. There we go. See? It's like 40 minutes-ish of uh, retrospective. So it really could have been included in the watch-along. And I do, you know, next time I'll do some homework. Is there anything else that we need to know in here? Let's see. Uh, We talked about our cast. We talked about who wrote it, directed, storyline. Did you know? Here's some trivia. Uh, Did you know? Originally, Alan Young was not considered for Scrooge, despite having played it in the album recording. Reportedly, it was because Walt Disney Pictures believed he would not agree to do a voice for animated film. However, when Young learned about the film in production from a friend preparing to audition for the lead, he contacted the film company and requested an audition. The resulting audition was successful, and Young learned about the television. Wait, and Young learned about the studio's reason for not contacting him. In reaction, Young reported or responded, "Horse, huh?" At this point in my career, nothing's beneath me. As it happened, Young was praised for the role and continued to voice Scrooge McDuck throughout his life. So, that's interesting, Alan Young who originally was the voice of Ebenezer Scrooge in the just audio version. Um, he, he was almost not our on-screen Scrooge McDuck. And, and, and that voice is so iconically Scrooge McDuck that I can't imagine anybody else um, voicing Scrooge. And you know what is really interesting here? The talking horse is Mr. Ed. I mean, I kind of had a feeling it was Mr. Ed, but I didn't I didn't want to make any presumptions. Alan Young was Wilbur Post. That is so interesting. Wilbur. <laughs> you ever did you guys ever watch Mr. Ed? I used to watch Mr. Ed on Nick at Night with my mom. Uh <laughs> yeah, with no Nick at Night with my mom. I don't know why I got so aggressive like that. Uh, this is the last film where Clarence Nast provides the Donald Duck, or the voice of Donald Duck, and the first where uh, Wayne Allwine provides the voice of Mickey. So that's fun. Minnie Mouse plays Mrs. Cratchit, though she doesn't have a single line. Russie Taylor did record dialogue, though, which never ended up in the finished film. Who's Russie Taylor? Who did who was Russie Taylor supposed to be? I forget. Uh, I'm gonna take another sip of tea. It's probably out of the Goldilocks zone by now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ah, still very much in the Goldilocks zone. And for more about that, go look up the uh, Skeleton Crew Fight Club episode, Goldilocks Zone, I think is what it's called. And I talk about the Goldilocks zone of tea. Uh, On the original 1975 LP, so this is the audio only, which served as inspiration for this film, The Ghost of Christmas Past was Merlin 
from the sword and in the stone for, of 1963. The ghost of Christmas future was the evil witch from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Now, I'm glad that they replaced Merlin with Jiminy Cricket. That's pretty cool. Although Merlin would have been okay. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, in other versions of A Christmas Carol, like that first, like the Ghost of Christmas Past is such a creepy looking little creature. Like in the in the Muppet one, it's like a weird little ghosty child, girl child, <laughs> girl child. Uh, and then like there's that Jim Carrey, A Christmas Carol, and like it's like a little like flame person, <laughs> like a little fire person. I don't know what to describe. A little light. It's a little. It's a. It's a creature of light. A spirit of light. It seems. But anyway, um, the evil queen though, the evil witch. Oh wait, the evil witch. So I guess like her old self, not her not her queen self. So the old hag, like the one with the the one that gives Snow White the apple, would have been the ghost of Christmas past. Um would that have been pretty cool? I don't know. Maybe. Um aside from Willie the Giant, I don't think there are any other human human characters in there. So changing, so human character, Merlin would have been one. Uh, and then, of course, the evil witch would have been one. I don't know. Pete made a pretty good ghost of Christmas Pat or future. So I don't know. That's a pretty cool little tidbit, though. Uh, let's see. The theatrical release of this film was as part of the 1983 reissue of The Rescuers. We knew that. Uh, all of the songs on the original album, only Oh What a Merry Christmas Day, made it to the animated cartoon. The rest of them, including one sung by Ebenezer Scrooge that was called How Christmas Ought to Be, were all dropped. And the lyrics were rendered into normal dialogue. Interesting! So I was thinking while reading that, I'm like, if they kept the songs in, would it have stretched it out to more of a feature-length film? But apparently the songs were dropped, and then like the lyrics to the song, songs were just still included in, in the featurette, but they were just normal dialogue instead of songs. Interesting. Uh, the first animated short with Mickey Mouse since The Simple Things, we knew that. Uh, it was the last Disney film. Oh my goodness! Okay, a Mickey's Christmas Carol was the last Disney film until Aladdin in 1992 to say the end. That's pretty interesting. So they didn't put the end at like in the Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid doesn't have the end in it, apparently. Same with Beauty and the Beast. No, yeah, same with Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast doesn't have the end in it as well either because Aladdin came out after Beauty and the Beast. Pretty fascinating. Um, the opening scene is apparently modeled on a Carl Banks painting called The Season to be Jolly, which features Uncle Scrooge walking down the street with a bag of money on his back. 
Interesting. So the opening scene is modeled on a Carl Barks painting called The Season to be Jolly, which features Uncle Scrooge walking down the street with a bag of money on his back. That is really interesting. So that wasn't necessarily Ebenezer Scrooge, but it was used as though it was Ebenezer Scrooge. But the painting itself was supposed to be Uncle Scrooge. Huh. Uh, This is also the first time that Alan Young provided the voice of Scrooge McDuck, I guess for... for Oh. Yeah, I guess so, because in the audio only, it doesn't necessarily... Okay, well, let me just read the whole thing. This is also the first time that Alan Young provides the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Bill Thompson, who'd done the voice in Scrooge McDuck and Money. I don't know what that is, but we'll have to look it up and do a watch along for that. Um, Scrooge McDuck and Money from 1967 had passed away, and Alan Young's voice is notably softer than Thompson. Excuse me, than Thompson's was... Uh, with a stronger Scots accent. So originally, Scrooge McDuck had a stronger Scottish accent than what we know of him to have today. <clears throat> that is that's wild because I really thought Scrooge McDuck sounded pretty uh pretty Scottish as is. Um, let's see. Based on a Disney record, which was co-written by Alan Young voice of Scrooge McDuck. Okay. Uh, like the U.S. release, which paired this short film or the short with a reissue of Rescuers in 1977, all releases of this short were paired with reissues of various Disney animated features. We went over those earlier. Uh, in France and West Germany, for example, it was paired with reissues of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs of 1937. Interesting. Well, in the UK and Italy, it was paired with a reissue of The Jungle Book of 1967. Ebenezer, voiced by Alan Young, says he had his old partner, Jacob Marley, buried at sea. When he passed away, Alan Young was buried at sea. That's a weird little tidbit. Did it say Jacob Marley was buried at sea in, in the original Christmas Carol? Or is that like a Alan Young, you know, edition, ad lib? Voice actor Will Ryan came up with the idea to create Willie the Giant's, the Ghost of Christmas Presents, flub of the word pistachio from Mickey and the Beanstalk. Pistachio. I don't remember if that's how he did it, but that's how I would do it. Uh, Goofy Holler when Jacob Marley Goofy falls down the stairs. Okay. Uh, John Lass, Lacer, Laster, Lass, Laster, L-A-S-S-E-T-E-R, of Pixar fame, is listed in the talent roster in the opening credits. Oh. That's pretty fun. Uh, many characters from previous Disney features make cameo. Yeah, we knew that. Uh, this was the last movie that only had opening credits and no end credits. That's interesting. Pluto is the only member of the Disney Super Six. Wow. 
who is not in this film. Now, I have heard them referred to as the Fab Five. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Goofy. But, but, if you're going to call them the Super Six, well, then, of course, Daisy's in the mix. That is so interesting. So, without Daisy, it's the Fab Five. With Daisy, it's the Super Six. I can't wait to share that little tidbit with my wife, because I bet you she doesn't know that. And I like to sound cool. I'm like, I know Disney stuff that she doesn't. Um, but she actually, she's more of like a park, like a Disney park historian kind of, not even historian. Like she's a modern day Disney park, uh, all knowing Disney park kind of person. Like anything going on at the Disney parks, like in the present, she, she's the ghost of Disney park present. And I, I could be like the ghost of Disney trivia past or something. But my, my trivia is more like animation based and some park stuff. I don't know. That has nothing to do with a Christmas Carol. What are we, what am I talking about? Uh, Will Ryan and Alan Young would later reprise, uh, for their roles as Scrooge McDuck and Pete in DuckTales 1987, which came out five years later after the film's released. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So Alan Young was like, just waiting around to be Scrooge again. I don't know. Hal Smith, the voice of Jacob Marley's ghost, Goofy, and Patricia Paris, uh, the voice of Isabel, Daisy Duck, would later star in The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh of 1988 as the voices of Owl and Kanga, respectively. That is really interesting. So I guess Hal Smith is Owl, and then... Uh, Patricia Paris ends up being Kanga. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Uh, Will Ryan, Alan Young, and Hal Smith all worked on Adventures in Odyssey, 1987, together. Alan Young came on as a potential replacement for Hal Smith after his passing. During the future segment while the weasels are burying Scrooge there is a tombstone in the background that reads uh, Gladys Knight referring or referencing Gladys Knight <laughs> why that's like like the Gladys Knight that's, that's kind of interesting uh, that's very interesting is that really Gladys Knight though let's click this Oh, it really is Gladys Knight. Why did they put Gladys Knight's name on a tombstone in this featurette? Well, that's weird. Uh, in the book, Scrooge's Scrooge little bit. Hey, hang on. In the book, Scrooge's nephew Fred Donald Duck is married, but in this version, he is not married, or at least his wife is not shown. This is likely because Donald's usual romantic interest, Daisy plays Scrooge's old girlfriend, Isabel. Now, that would complicate things a little bit. I get it. Uh, this is the first Walt Disney Studios-produced Christmas Carol. Okay. The second time was with the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, with the Muppet Christmas Carol. And the third was Jim Carrey animated version. So the ones I referenced earlier, I didn't realize the Jim Carrey... Uh, a Christmas Carol was also Disney. This is the uh, wait. 
this is also the first version of a Christmas carol that animals are used instead of humans. Director Bernie Matheson started work at Disney in the mail department in 1953. This was the same year that the last Mickey Mouse cartoon, The Simple Things, would be released. Huh. Fun little tidbits there. I like it. Uh, Let's see. Goofs. When Jacob Marley, Goofy, tells Scrooge that he will be visited by three spirits... He holds up two fingers instead of three. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more than likely part of Jacob Marley having the same humorous traits as Goofy. Yeah, I don't, I guess. It's a goof as in, you know, it's a goof in the way of, it's a, it's a gag that Goofy would do. It's not a goof as in a mistake. Like they didn't accidentally draw him holding up two fingers when he says three. It's a goof as in like it's a goofy thing to do. It's it's trademark it's it's iconically goofy. Trademark it's a goofy trademark. No, it's iconically goofy is what that's what I want to say. Um pretty cool. Quotes Marley Ebenezer, remember when I was alive I robbed from widows and swindled the poor? Scrooge, yes. And all in the same day, oh, you had class, Jacob. Marley. Hayuk. Yup. <laughs> er, no, no, I was wrong. And so as punishment, I'm forced to carry these heavy chains for eternity, maybe even longer. That's really funny. Hayuk. <coughs> Actually, it says Hayuk. Is it Hayuk or Hayuk? I think it is Hayuk. Cool. Well, that's that. I'm um pretty psyched on it. Now, my recorder says write error. And I don't know what that means. So I don't know what exactly was lost in there. Hopefully nothing was lost in there. But I'm not super confident. <laughs> so if anything didn't make it in there, like it paused or something wrong, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little freaked out, though. But it does say we went 54 minutes, which is essentially, you know, the standard length of a standalone retrospective podcast, which means I was right to do this separately. But with my recorder saying right error, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> what, what was missed. So hopefully nothing important. Uh, it says 55 minutes have been going. So I'm inclined to believe that, I don't know, most of the good stuff's in there, right? But I have to listen back, figure it out. But I'm probably not going to listen back to it. So you'll, you just let me, you just let me know what's been missed. Theoretically, it stopped at like 54. So maybe some of like, maybe the quote didn't get in there. Maybe the goof when I was talking about the goofs or the goof, the goofy move. I don't know. Anyway, I'm losing it. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm glad I did this separately now because had I not done it separately, then I wouldn't be this long. 
I can't I can't go a single episode without hitting something mic related and making some unnecessary noise. Uh, as I was saying earlier, currently LeoLegacy.com, I've I revamped it and I've made it so much more user friendly and so much more like visually appealing. So go scope that out for all our whole catalog of podcasts, like all the watch along podcasts, all the retrospective podcasts, all the skeleton crew fight clubs, uh, introspectives, all of them, all of them are there under the Radnorock. Well, the podcast banner under the Radnorock banner is the podcasts and the vlog and Terry. If you don't know about the vlog and Terry, well, if you like the podcast, imagine Imagine a, a podcast over a... No, that's not it. No, uh, the vlog and Terry's are... I wanted to be a vlogger, but I'm not good at it. I'm not good at standing in front of the camera and chit-chatting and talking. You know what I mean? I, I'm so much better at that uh, behind a microphone with headphones on and no camera pointed at me. But there needs to be a video element to all of this. So uh, aside from uh, the cartoon commentaries... I, I've decided to do commentary on my 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 life. <laughs> so far, it's a lot of travel stuff, a lot of Disney Park stuff, but, you know, somewhere down the line, I'll, I'll throw in just more day-to-day kind of life stuff. Uh, but yeah, so if you like the podcast, you like the commentaries, well, listen to the things I have to say while providing f- or over footage of my life, my family's life. <laughs> Any good stuff. Good stuff. So LeoLegacy.com, social media everywhere. Every social media platform that we are on, we are at LeoLegacy. So that's Twitter. Been really picking up the Twitter game. I like using Twitter right now. So come find us on Twitter, at LeoLegacy. Facebook, at LeoLegacy. Instagram, at LeoLegacy. YouTube, at LeoLegacy. Everywhere. All your favorite social media platforms, we are at LeoLegacy. Uh, the podcast, if you haven't already on your favorite podcast platform, leave us a review, leave us a rating, uh, comments, any, all, all just positive feedback. You know what I mean? Rate, review, comment. Uh, it definitely helps push us up in the algorithm, which seems to so frequently be, uh, my, my greatest adversary in life is the algorithm. I'm enjoying Twitter above all the other social media platforms right now the most because because there's less algorithmic shenanigans going on right now compared to the others. I don't know how what that will be like in the future, but in the prime timeline right now, that's the place to be. So you can I, I use all like everything. You know, there's there's all all of them are updated, but. The one I, I really, I think, provide the most interaction on, I do on Instagram too, but a lot of Twitter. So find us on Twitter, please, please. Uh, YouTube, another video uh, streaming platform, Rumble, we're on there as well. Uh, yeah, so hope you guys have a happy holiday. Uh, we, 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 we've been, we've been doing, we've been Christmasing hard over here at the uh the legacy household it's been um a very full season and 
yeah, should should be should be a pretty good Christmas. Fingers crossed. I think we're getting a puppy. Maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah. Happy holidays. And even you know, even if you don't celebrate Christmas as as my family does, uh, I hope you have a happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. And all the all the rest, happy happy everything, and I hope even though that though you may celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or maybe you don't celebrate Christmas or whatever, hopefully you still enjoy doing the uh, the watch along because a Christmas Carol is is more than just a Christmas story. It's a ghost story. <laughs> it's a Christmas horror story, which I think really goes overlooked by a lot of people. It like think about it. It's a ghost story. Under the guise of Christmas, it's really quite. It's pretty spooky, especially that Jim Carrey one. And to find out that the Jim Carrey one is also a Disney production, like, man, because that one, that one, like, I think that one really sticks to the book, the novel. Muppet Christmas Carol is still my favorite, and I look forward to doing a watch along and retrospective on that one. Uh, maybe next next holiday season. So, but anyway. Catch you in the new year. And yeah, ho, ho, ho. Take care. Talk to you later. And as always, thanks for being a friend and telling a friend. Thank you.